and welcome. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Our desire at Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois, is to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny perfectly orchestrated for those who are willing to be adventurous enough to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the comforting Spirit of God to radically display the Father's love for you. You are a part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to our guest minister for today. All right, good morning, good morning. It is, uh, it is literally my great honor to introduce to some of you and then uh, reintroduce to some of you um, some of Kay and I's dearest friends. Uh, Brian and Sue Nutman from Colorado, now from Britain originally. I hope they tell you a little uh, piece of the story about how they came to the U.S. from Britain. It'll be, it'll be fun and encouraging and exciting to you. I'm not telling you what to preach. I'm just, it, ex- it encourages the heck out of me. So you guys come on up. We're going to love them the way Beloved does. All right, uh, you can have a seat, sorry. Uh, I didn't even tell you to stand up, so you stood up on your own, sit down on your own. Um, uh, my, my only request is that you, you honestly open up. You're probably going to hear stuff that you've never heard before, which is awesome. If you don't immediately agree, that doesn't mean they're wrong. It doesn't mean they're right. Same thing when I preach. I can't guarantee every single thing is going to be right when we get to heaven and the Lord untangles everything. But as it stands over right now, everything that I say I'm convicted in my heart is right. It's the same thing with them. And so if you hear something that you don't agree with, it's possible you're wrong. I know it's a small possibility. If you disagree, just put it on the shelf, take it home. The Holy Spirit loves, loves, loves to answer questions. In fact, the majority of my prayer life is questions. Because the Father loves to Father. And one of the things you know when you're a father is when you got kids going, What? How? Dad? Hey, I don't understand. I know. That is what your Father in Heaven wants to do. Did anybody listen to the YouTube this week about Jesse going to Heaven? All right, about half of you. The other half of you, oh, my Lord, you are missing something. But when I hear things like that, I'm like, I've had that question for 20 years. And he just answered it in five seconds like it was nothing. I'm like, I've been. But that is exactly how the Father does. Whatever you seek for, you find. So seek this morning with your heart what Brian and Sue are going to release. And I can assure you that you will find what you seek. It's a good promise. All right. This is Sue. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good morning, beloved church. This is just so awesome. One of the things that God's given me is uh, a real discernment of atmospheres. And sometimes that's great, and sometimes it's not so great. 
But I cannot tell you the spirit that is in this place. It is just incredible. I mean, I can just feel his heart for you guys. It, you know, if you, I'm trying to describe how I'm feeling without getting too emotional, but, you know, this is our third trip out here. And we hadn't, you know, because of stupid things going on in the world last year and that type of thing, we didn't get here last year. But the atmosphere here is just, like Bob was saying, the love through the worship and the people and the just the feeling around each and every one of you. I'm like, whoo! <sighs> so well done, good and faithful servants. And I was thinking about that in worship and I was like 2021 and this is where some of my thought process goes. And in England, we, when you're 21, we call it coming of age. And I was like, beloved church, they're in this coming of age season. So... You know, this is just a, you know, this is why we you know we plan. We've got notes, and we never usually stick to them. But anyway, um, because it's like this is just so powerful what you guys are doing, and you've been doing it like here and, and spreading out. But I really think by the time you get to the end of twenty one, you are going to go wow, because. When you have this coming of age, it's then, it's like you have been released out. So all the building, all the prayers, all the foundation stuff you've been doing since you've been beloved church is actually by the time you get to the end of 2021, you are going to be amazed about what's gone out. Amen. So, um, yes, just a little brief testimony because um, there's a lot otherwise and there's a lot we want to share this morning. Um, Brian and I in 2011 had a call from God to come to Caris Bible College in America, in Colorado. Um, It wasn't as simple as that. But that's how we started and we left uh, England, which is our home, and we traveled sort of across here with our two children and two dogs, which always amazed Andrew. Yeah, boy, your dogs. Yes, Sandra, brought my dogs. And we started on a journey and we're still on a journey, praise the Lord. But, you know, it, it, we thought we were coming to learn about the Bible. I thought I'm coming to learn about the Bible because... Being newly born again, suddenly God completely fast-tracked us. Within 18 months, we were sitting in Colorado learning about the Bible. But it was so much more on that. So whatever God calls you to do, the stuff that he needs to work through you while you're on this journey. We needed a lot of restoration in our marriage in our family, just in life in general. We need to understand our identity. And Karis was part, it wasn't all, Karis was part of that. Um, And God is no respecter of person. And I always say that whenever I start anything to do with a testimony because sometimes 
you can listen to people on the stage and go, oh yeah, well that was them, but it's not for me. No. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a testimony. And it's the power of your testimony that will change somebody else's life. We always say when you're sharing something, there's two really important words at the end of it, but God. (laughs) I couldn't do this, but God. So um, one of the things we've got is there's a table out there. We've got some free product for you. We, We sort of wanted to donate this to you guys um this is a the story this is i always say this is my journey (laughs) this is my version of what happened (laughs) and i have it you'll laugh you'll cry through this book you're like is this girl ever gonna get it um because god said if you're honest then i can heal people through it and we i'm very open about how we walk through healing with our marriage as well so that's one of the books which we can we'll give away. Um, this is a, actually this is a new teaching of yours. Did you want to talk about it? If you want to, don't get distracted. Probably, I think we all have the basis of getting distracted at some point. Do we not? Yeah. But in October 2019, the Lord told me to say get in the book of Nehemiah, and I was like, wow, why would I want to do that? Because that's such a an interesting book but honestly there is so much in that book that I have learned not only from Nehemiah being the most incredible leader um, but also how many things are going on within those chapters but this one really concentrates on chapter 6 because it's really about the tactics of the enemy of how he gets us distracted and sidelined and gets into our peripheral vision and just you know sort of messes with us so this real CD is, is bringing those... I don't give the devil house room. But at the end of the day, I want to know the tactics. Because if I have the tactics, then it's easier to not get distracted. But, you know, the enemy will use people, will use situations, will all of those things come against us. But really, this is just a, a teaching that takes you through chapter 6, almost line upon line, of what is going on. And especially when people come against you. How many of you know that when you have a call of God on your life, like everybody has here, there seems to be the kitchen sink thrown at you and people come out of the woodwork and tell you everything that you can't do. Well, hey, join Nehemiah and join the rest of us. That you know, Again, you can just see what's happening and there's fear, intimidation, manipulation. Everything goes on in that chapter. So this is really just a, a CD to actually understand what goes on in the spiritual realms and how to not get distracted. So who's feeling like they're staring around and actually I'm going to go long. And as I said, there are all of these CDs and bits and pieces are on the table out there. So if you want to go and grab one afterwards, help yourselves. Go and help yourself. The other thing that's there, if it's okay with Pastor Steve, we've got where you can write down your information because another thing we've got recently is a prayer line. Um, and we have, you know, just we want to open that out for people who want prayer. So if you if you want to put your your cell, you know, your number down there, then we'd love to stand with you in agreement because the power of prayer, as you know, is huge. Amen. So, um, and there's also uh, one of the things that we love to teach on is also how your healing of your heart, healing of your soul. So there's a teaching out there called 
trichotomy healing. Again, it comes with like a workbook and in the flash drive you can print out the workbook. And again, this is something that Bible, people have done in Bible studies and it's really helped to set people free. It's like we were singing, isn't it? God wants to set us free. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes we make mistakes. Oh my goodness, if you read my book, you'll see we made mistakes. <laughs> and But God's not looking like that song. I mean, the worship was so amazing. God's not looking at our past. There's no shame in our past, but sometimes yep. we still carry that. So again, that one's out there. This is um, God's Airways. This is... Uh, Uh, another study guide which is the practical guide to tuning into God's voice and it's got like you can do like one of these a week and study through that and do it in a group and it's just because we all want to hear from God don't we you know John 10 27 says my sheep hear my voice and we do and that's one of the things that we love to teach on is all the different ways God's going to speak to us who would like this one don't all rush. <laughs> Again, you guys want them? I'll try not to fall down the stage. But. And, and this is a dear friend of ours who went through um, Karis and he graduated with us and he helps us with our Sozo ministry that we do at our church, the church we go to. And um, it's seeing through fresh eyes and he had a real re- revelation. And again, it sort of comes from a sort of a healing revelation background, doesn't it, this book? Yeah. And he was a colonel in the Air Force, Air Force mm-hmm. um, and a real, real sweet guy. So that's another book that we'd like to give away. So as I say, please, please help yourselves. Um, Pleasure. We just want to be able to bless you guys and stuff. So... I'm probably going to start with a bit of a testimony, I think. Are we? Well, let's start with reading that. We're <laughs> uh, just going to pray. So, Father God, I just thank you for this house. I thank you for the privilege of mm. being able to stand in this house and share your heart to your children. I thank you, Father God, that you will work in each and every person's heart in this room today. I thank you, Lord, for signs, miracles, and wonders that go out whenever we preach your word. So, Lord, we just hand this time over to you, and we just thank you that we can be vessels to carry your goodness, your love, and your heart to your people. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Yeah, you know, it's... It's very interesting, you know, when God gives us a sort of a something to minister to on, and he tends to do that for us with seasons. And that's one thing that we, we wanted to talk about, is times and seasons work very closely with living a prophetic lifestyle. And what does living a prophetic lifestyle mean? It means living a kingdom lifestyle. It's operating in all the gifts that he's given us. You know, like I keep saying, he is no respecter of person. There's no difference to the gifts he's given each and every one of you to the gifts that Andrew Womack carry. We can all heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. That is what Jesus came to do for all. And it wasn't like I've come to do this for a certain few, I've come to do this for the ones that have got the big ministries. No, I came to do this for all. And it's like I said to everybody yesterday, we are plan A. Amen. 
So there is no plan B. <laughs> so this is how we live and this is how you know, we operate in the kingdom. This is how we bring the lost in. This is how we care for each other. You know, everything we do is to be done with a kingdom mindset. Do we do it all the time? No. And that's okay. Because he knows that. Because that's why we're on a journey and we're learning. And I think that's one of the things that we, when we share testimonies, it's more the fact, hey, this is why I was thinking like this. And it's an encouragement to you. But at the end of the day, I can say, but God. Amen. Am I just carrying on? If you want to. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) As you see, we don't plan, we don't rehearse. (laughs) Now, I, I, guys, yes, we are going to speak on times and seasons, but there's other things. I mean, even since worship again, and also the offering, there, there's so many things that I just see and I hear, and, I, and it's like 3 John 2, to me, is, is one of the most incredible scriptures that we get to live from. But to me, there's even a more important scripture that actually is a kicker to 3 John 2, and that's Isaiah 55, 3. Amen. And to me, I have just looked at this scripture for years and it is so dear to my heart. And it's, hear me on this, it's not a semantic, it's a commandment. And I'm just going to switch it slightly because he says, come to me. Incline your ear. Listen. And your soul shall live. And that's why it's a kicker to 3 John, because as your soul prospers... But to hear his voice is to live. Mm -hmm. Everything that we have, everything that we've been designed for is for relationship. It's to hear his voice. Come to me. Incline your ear. Listen to what I have to say to you. Listen to who you are. Listen to what I've called you for. Listen to the life that's inside of you. Listen to how much I love you. Listen to who I want to actually bless through you. This is how we live. This is why our soul prospers. But it is such a, a, a powerful scripture. Like I said, it's not a semantic. It's a commandment. We need to come to him. We need to spend time with him. We need to learn what his voice sounds like in all parts of our life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And sometimes when we're talking about these things, and especially seasons and times, how many of us go through seasons and you just think, I want to get out of this season. I hate being where I am. I don't like this. I don't. Anyway, I'm not going to get off track at the moment, but it, it's just, again, guys, we, we have to understand listening to his voice gives us the information that we need to how to walk through those difficult times as well as the great times. But what do we learn on the journey through that? And as I said, you know, Sue, Sue and I have walked through a lot. We've been through a lot. Um, my testimony was I was born again in spirit field at 12, but I walked away at 15 and I spent 26 years in the world as a prodigal son. Who knows, that gives you battle scars. Not only just for me personally, but also for my family. And so I just spent 26 years doing things wrong. And you name it, I I can tell you some pretty rough stories of all of those areas, but I don't look at my past. I look at where I am and where my future's going to be. 
But is a God of redemption? Most definitely. But some people want to live in the past because they want to be a victim of choice, not a victim of circumstance. Sometimes you have to allow God to go into your past to redeem the present and redeem the future. And to me, this is so important, guys, is that, again, we can't live looking in the rearview mirror. We have to look at where we are now, but also release situations that hold us back. Amen? So, again, I'm not probably getting a little bit sidetracked, but I just really feel that... And prosperity, I'm I'm sorry, here we go again. Kingdom prosperity is radically different to that of world's prosperity. Everybody, as soon as we start speaking about prosperity in the house of God, everybody starts thinking about money. No. True kingdom prosperity starts from the inside out. It doesn't start from the outside in. Everything that goes on inside here with the spirit of God is about prosperity. It's about how do we live the abundant life in health, in life, in love. All of the situations that we get to live from is inside here. Stuff from the outside doesn't do it, believe you me. You know, I had the business, I had the cars, I had the, you know, I mean, I, I was a person that just used to chase after rainbows, thinking that, you know, I've got all of this stuff. But actually, as like Sue says in her book, it was like a chocolate box from the outside with a nice red bow, but actually everything inside was smashed. And that's what the world's systems do if we're not careful. And I think one of the hardest things for us is God's timing against our timing. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, how many of you have had a prophetic word or a promise from God and it's like, awesome, off we go then, God. And then you sort of go off on your own thing and you look behind you like, where have you gone? <laughs> you know, where? so timing, I think, um, is an interesting one. And this is where we wanted to come from today with Ecclesiastes 3.1 because it says, for every thing there is a season and a time for every purpose under the sun. But also, God's timing is not our timing. And sometimes when we, we need to try and understand that, because we can either get ahead of God or miss God. And I think that's where sometimes a lot of the prophetic has been said, and then people get disheartened, and disillusioned because it hasn't happened immediately. immediately, you know. But if God said it, his promises are yes and amen. But it's that time, isn't it? I'm just going to read you a couple of things about what ta- how we use time in our language. And time and everyday language that we use, and these are some of the things that we, we say, don't we? In the nick of time just before it ran out. Time flies. Accelerated time. Time marches on. Unstoppable time. Time on my hands. More than enough time or wasted time. A stitch in time. Discipline time. Time out. 
We all know that one. Stopping the clock. (laughs) Time in. Restarting the clock. Passing time. Leisurely waiting. Doing time. A prison term. Killing time. Spending or again wasting time. Losing time. Anxiety of running out of time. Being being the time for being for the time being means right now or it could change. Time of your life. Dreams coming true. Once upon a time. Prophetic term for past time frame. Time is critical. Timings that cannot be late. Time is money. Time is costly. You can't buy it back. Jesus Christ is called the one who is, who is now, the one who is yet to come. He is able to be in all these areas in our lives. He is the ultimate time traveler. Our past, our present, and our future. So, you know, times and seasons is something that we have to realize that we have to look at from the kingdom perspective because there is a time set for everything in your life. Jesus has gone in and lived your future. He created you before the foundation of the world, so he was there right at the beginning. And I think timings is, you know, if we think of seasons, sometimes we can think of the four seasons of the year can't we? You know, the summer, the spring, the winter, and the fall or the autumn. And we sometimes would love to focus on the spring-summer. As we said to Kay and Steve, we definitely know that this is our direction, spring-summer, <laughs> having come in February. Just uh, not that we can complain with Colorado. We had snow two weeks ago. But you know, so you know, we sometimes focus on, oh, look at the spring and the new, new blossom. And then the summer gives us all those wonderful sort of shady, deep green leaves. And then we get to the fall and we get the harvest and, the, and that's the type of thing. And then we think, oh, no, now we're in for a long, hard winter. And um, as some of you know, uh, I shared when I shared at Women Arise, I was talking about the time that's most productive on the vine is when the vine dress has been in and hacked it back and it looks like nothing it looks almost dead but by doing that all the goodness goes back down into the roots and the roots are being nourished so the fact they can come back up and produce the fruit that's needed for the next season so don't Get disheartened if you feel, oh my goodness, I'm in that winter season. You know, I feel like I'm in that winter season because dig in deep with God because he will be able to show you what he's doing while you're in that season. But I just want to share a a testimony with you on timings. Now, Brian and I have stood on a scripture um, in, in Mark 10 and it's 29. And 30. And we've stood on this scripture for 10 years. You know, when we came, we had to sell our house. God told us to sell our house in England. I didn't want to sell my house. It was my home. It was my pride and joy. It, I was heartbroken 
to sell my house. We we only had like 10 years left on the mortgage or 15 years left on the mortgage. I think 10 years left. And then it was going to be completely our home. But God said the house was to be sold. That's where our provision journey started because it took two years and nine months to actually sell that house. And the whole time I kept saying, God, this scripture. But, you know, I've said to him, Lord, I have given up houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, children, land, friends, my life for the sake of the gospel. But what does he say at the top bit there? Assuredly, I say to you. And in verse 30, it says that who shall receive a hundredfold in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children's land with persecution. I usually say that quite quickly. Um, (laughs) And in this age to come, we'll have eternal life. But it was one of those scriptures that we stood on because we didn't see it. And, you know, we rented a property for nine years in Colorado Springs. Well, in point of fact, we had two properties. Um, and we rented for nine years. And for us, that was like, oh, it's just money each month going for rent. And we got to our, to 2019. And we had a trip to England. My daughter married an American, so we took our American son-in-law across to England, um, which he thought was a bit like Hobbit land out of... <laughs> he was a country Colorado sort of farm boy, wasn't he? used to all this space, and then we took him to Little England, you know. So uh, he was like, gosh, it's really compact. I said, yeah, it's pretty compact. Um, but while I was over there, we were discussing with family because they were like three years. It's nearly ten years you've been there. And we're like, I know, well, we're still on the journey with God and we haven't felt called back. But we were saying we think we're going to try and find out if we can buy property. You know, we've, we're green card holders now. We've gone through all the various visas. And so we feel that it's going to be, we're going to buy property. So, um, again, that was sort of a decision for family. We're like, right, you're obviously going to be there a bit longer. So that was in June. Remember that, June 2019. And during that time, I had some quiet time and I was speaking to the Lord about buying a house and should we do that? And it was fear. We're like, oh, my goodness, we're 50 again and we've got to get a mortgage. What's this all about, Lord? And... uh, God said to me, I'm going to find you a family home. And I was like, okay. Well, Amy's been married a year. They're living in their own little rental townhouse. Uh, My son was coming up for 20. Brian and I were almost thinking, empty nesters. Maybe we'll have a, maybe we'll have a condo, you know. Um, so I was like, a fam, but it was just, I knew it was God. I just knew it was that voice that I recognized about a family home. And I was like, hmm, okay. So that was June 2019, he said that. Well, we sort of carried on through the year and again, just kept praying. And one day we were driving up to see some friends sort of north of Denver in Fort Collins. And we were really saying, well, We're going to put the notice in on our rental and God, you know, 
if you want us to move, then you're going to have to find us that house. And the phone rang. Brian's phone rang and he went, hmm, it's a Wyoming number. I said, is it? He said, well, we'll let it go to answer phone because he didn't recognize the number. And uh, when we sort of later on, when we stopped the vehicle, we listened to the answer phone. It was this lady who we'd gone up to speak in Wyoming about three years earlier. And she said, I don't know whether you remember me, but you came up to Gillette in Wyoming and you were talking about hearing from God and just making the most of hearing from God. And she said, I was in the shower the other day and you two popped into my mind. I was like, oh, that sounds a bit weird. (laughs) And she said, but I thought, oh, God is trying to speak to me. So she said, I literally said, God, do you have something for Brian and Sue? And she, so she gave us a scripture and she gave us another thing. And then she said, I had a really weird thing. The third thing he showed me, and she said, it was literally the word, and it said, move. And I, so we rang her back, and we chatted. I said, this is awesome, because <laughs> we were just chatting about this. Again, God's timing in that conversation. So that was towards the end of 19. So we got to the beginning part of 2020. Everybody remember the beginning part of 2020? And... Um, We were starting to look for property in Colorado Springs, and it is a hot market out there. And the the prices were going up and up and up, and we kept looking at these houses. We were getting outbid ridiculous amounts of money, 20, 30, 40,000. And I was beginning to feel fleshly. I was beginning to feel, oh, my goodness, we're going to be homeless because... We put our notice in on this house and we've got to be out by the end of April and it's February. And anyway, we traveled to Cincinnati to do a church and the school there in Cincinnati. And this is how desperate I was. A house came on that looked good. So I send my daughter and son to do a FaceTime tour. I said, FaceTime us in, and we, we land, don't we, in Cincinnati, and they're on FaceTime. And I go, yep, yep, looks fine. Put an offer in. And Brian's like, this woman's deranged. <laughs> and I'm like, put an offer in, put an offer in, Amy. Tell, tell our realtor we'll put an offer in, and we'll go X amount above the asking price, because this is what they're doing. And um, anyway, the offer went in, we, we taught, and then after we finished the church on the Sunday, and I was convinced, I was praising God, thank you so much, that's my house, I declare it, that's my house, Lord, you know, not actually listening, just telling God that that was my house, and uh, we get a phone call from our realtor on the Sunday afternoon, and she said, guys, I am so sorry, it went for 40 grand above your and I was like, God, <laughs> are you kidding me? Anyway, pity party. Uh, I'm sitting in the departure lounge to fly back, and I just suddenly had the revelation. I'm the head, I'm not the tail. I'm above, I'm not beneath. I shouldn't be conforming with the housing market in Colorado Springs. I could see my husband go, Phew. And uh, I said to Brian, Brian, look what it says here. I said, right. And I threw it out there. God, find me a home. 
So we get on Zillow. I get, well, I get on Zillow. Brian said, we're, we're boarding in 20 minutes. I said, no, I'm just having a quick check. So I'm on Zillow and suddenly this house comes and I don't know what it was about this house. I looked at it and I said, what about this one? And he said, where is it? I said, it was actually about 10 minutes away from where we live now. And he went, okay. So I get onto the realtor and I said, there's this house on Zillow. Um, I want you to see whether we can get in the viewing later on this afternoon because we'll be back in the springs Monday afternoon around three o'clock. So she was like, okay. And uh, anyway, by the time we land, I get this long text from this realtor who said, I've spent hours searching for that house. It was not registered in Colorado Springs. And I'm like, well, it was on Zillow. She said it was registered in Denver. And she said, I've managed to get an appointment. She said, I've been on the phone all day trying to get a reply. I've got an appointment. The house is empty. It's been empty for nine months. But she said, hey, check this out. It went on the market in June 2019. So I was like, right. Anyway, we turn up at this house and she said, it's had renters in it. And it probably needs a bit of updating. And I had this vision. God was going to give me this brand new house. That's Sue's vision. Okay. We walk into this place and I was like, oh, wow, this is big. This is bigger than what I thought. And I was like, oh, and it's really dirty. Oh, and it really needs like loads of painting done. And it's like, and she said, well, look, Sue, it's been empty for nine months. And uh, so he, Brian goes off with the realtor and looks all round. And I go into the kitchen area and there's a kitchen, there's a, the cooker's out on the floor because it's obviously broken. And I'm like, God, seriously? <laughs> but the funny thing was, I asked God to give me a vision because one of my little wish lists was to have a center island. I wanted a center island. Because this says, you know, you write these things down that you want the desires of your heart. And I said, show me the um, the top, you know, the granite or whatever it is. Show me what that's going to look like. And when God showed me a picture of that, it was the same granite that was in our rental. And I was like, oh, oh well, obviously I'm not seeing. I'm not, tr- you know, that's obviously not you, God, because I've got that. And it'd be quite nice to have a change, really. Um but as I walked in and sort of wiped the dust off of this big island that was in the middle of this kitchen, I was like, wow, that's the same granite in the rental. Hmm. Anyway, we went downstairs because it had this big basement. And I was like, oh, my goodness, why do we need a basement this size? It's only going to be you and I, Brian. And uh, he's, he's like, well, look, he's got a bathroom in there. Maybe we do a home church. Bible studies, you know, because he was leaping up and down because the business side of Brian was coming out. And he kept saying to me, Sue, this is undervalued. It's been empty for nine months. We can pick it up. He said, do you realize what this is square footage? And I said, no. So anyway, I'm going to share with you because we're really open and that, you know, this place, we, we were in a rental that was 1900 square feet. This place was 4,300 square feet. 
And our realtor was leaping up and down because she said, if you don't buy it, I'm going to buy it because this is a, this is a flip house. And I'm like, telling me it's a flip house. Look at it, you know. And um, so, I mean, anyway, the event, and Brian was like, you know, <clears throat> I'm the head of the house. I'm actually going to put my foot down here, Sue, and, you know, we've got to go for this. Cut a long story short, we picked it up for $20,000 under the asking price, and it was already under. And I think the square footage was... A square foot. it, it was $93 a square foot, and the going rate Colorado Springs was um, $150. $175 a square foot. So I was still in shock, and I was like this. Anyway, we brought the kids around to show it, and my daughter went, Mum, what are you doing with that massive basement? I said, well, I don't know. So this was February. We signed on this house on the 27th of March, and that was the day that Colorado and I think the rest of the country went into lockdown. And we were all, everybody was working from home. And uh, what happened was my son and my son-in-law both worked at a big hotel in the Springs called the Broadmoor. They were laid off of work. But what happened before that, we signed on the house for that at the end of February to move in at the, the end of March. A week after we signed for it, my daughter rings me up in a panic. She say, you're not going to believe this. Our landlord has, is selling the house. I've got a, four weeks to get out of my townhouse. You know that massive basement? Can we just move our stuff in there and just crash at your place for a few weeks? And I was like, yeah. Lockdown hit. Son and son-in-law out of work. So we were like, Awesome boys. <laughs> Painting. <laughs> so James and Jonathan went in literally and we were there every evening after we were working and we were scrubbing and cleaning this place. And then a month later, we all moved in. Um, and I was like, oh, my goodness. And then it was like family home. And I'm like, yeah, but, it, but this is temporary. We get through lockdown and my son-in-law decides he's, you know, they, were, they had a little mortgage application to try and find their own home. He lost his job, mortgage application, non-void now. He then starts working in construction. So they come and sit with us. This was about May time, wasn't it? And they said, look, you've got that massive basement down there. It's got, it's got a shower room in it. And uh, they said, how about if in time we gradually help you do it up? And I'm like, well, we've only just moved in and we're just doing everything upstairs at the moment. So I was like, okay. She said, because I think we're going to need to save up um, before we can find our own place. So I was like, cool. Six weeks later, they come to us and they're like, hi. And we're like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to be grandparents. We're like, oh. <laughs> so, kind of a very long story short, we have our son upstairs. He's got his own bedroom and a bathroom above the kitchen. We've got our daughter in the, in the basement with her husband and our little four-and-a-half-month-old granddaughter. And God said, this is your family home for this season. <clears throat> that being said... 
there's a time and a season for everything. And sometimes it doesn't look like it when you're walking through it. And we just have to trust God. And, you know, for us, it was like 10 years we stood on that scripture that he would replace what we'd given up. Because we'd given up houses, land, family. And as you know, I never really understood, you know, I came from like family is blood family. Well, when you're in the kingdom of God, you realize that this is family. This is family. And that was another revelation. And God has increased that a hundredfold with the people that we've been able to be with, not only have as friends, just pour into. And God has been so faithful. But we just have to understand times and seasons have a place. And God's timing isn't our timing. Amen. And I'm going to allow you to carry on. <laughs> no, you can carry on. I don't mean. <laughs> But no, again, we're not saying that because we're great. We're saying that because God's great. And that's why we want to share what we're sharing in some of our life walk, I think, to date. Is is really, again, there's been seasons and times I didn't want to be in. You know, and, and some of that was health battles that have gone on and other areas in our lives where we just felt... I mean, I've had so many carpet moments with God in the last 10 years of wanting to go back to Egypt. Hello. Because you think Egypt was better than where you are now. Um, It's been unreal. And, And, you know, again, Sue and I are very honest and open about our lives and what we get to walk through. But I, I want this to be more of an encouragement, I suppose, as well today, is that what we get to walk through, we're always going to learn something from it. And we're either, you know, the time that we're in, and I know people just say, I want to get out of this time. I want to get out of this season. And I just hate being where I'm at. And any of you there right now, to be honest, of just where you are in life or stuff going on within family and everything else like that? But we can either look at time as a, as a curse or we can look at time as a blessing. God created time for us. And you're going to say, why? Two reasons why that God created time for us. One was for relationship, and the other one was for redemption. And those are two of the main reasons why we entered into time. And, you know, and some of this is my own theory of just where I've been studying and and bits and pieces um, of how that looks. But you've got to look at it. Did time actually exist when Adam and Eve were in the garden? To me, I doubt it. Even though that when God created the earth, it said there were these times, but we don't know how long those times were. But I'm saying is, is that my situation is, is I think when the fall of Adam came, God had to initiate time. And time that he actually made for us was for redemption. Everything that Jesus has done and does is based on redemption. 
So yes, we may be in difficult seasons, we may be in difficult times, but we have to look at the redeeming part of what that starts to look like. And even if you look at Ecclesiastes 3.11, he says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He also put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end. Do you know, even in the King James Version, there are over, well over 600 scriptures that are based on time and seasons. Why? Because he knows time is important. And it's important to us. I mean, if you really start to think about this from a kingdom perspective, we could be born in heaven and then he could say, well, here you are, the finished person. Love you and you never get to do anything. What does that mean about relationship? Nothing. He could create us and we could finish up at the same time in a split second. But no, he's put this on this planet for time. And a period of time, not just for relationship and redemption, it's also what are we going to be doing with that time and in those seasons. Is everybody getting with me? Sin and death. When you look at it, the, the, the time continuum, people say, well, you know, space-time continuum. You look at something like space and time, you know, those areas of what was going on and still goes on. In the beginning, God created the heavens. There was a time initiated, and doesn't the scientists already say, the heavens now are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There is no stopping it. There is a continuum that when God spoke something into existence, it never stops. But there's also things about sin and death that is a time continuum. When Adam fell, you look at the basis, is sin and death came into existence. They are the wrong side of the continuum, but one does not exist without the other. But on a perfect sense, the perfect continuum is the Trinity. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. One cannot exist without the other. And this is where, for us, we have to understand that, again, it says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Where am I going with this? I want to say to you guys again, it is so important that we understand what time we're in and what season we're in. And the only way we find out that is spending time with God. Now, I, I learned this... Some time ago now, like I said, health battles and that, that I got whacked with, and I still have some challenges, but I'm, I'm again, praise God that I'm not where I was. But there was one situation is, is, is that God revealed to me, he said, son, you've never even asked me the question what season you're in, where you are right now when it comes to healing, and to receive your healing. You've already got it, but it's how you receive it. And he said, so son, are you, in the, are you in the season of a soldier or are you in the season of a son? And it's like, what do you mean? He said, well, there it's, it says in my scripture that fight the good fight of faith. There is a basis of where you need to be a soldier and battling and declaring and standing and warring and everything else like that. But there's also a basis is, can you receive as a son based from inheritance? Am I making any sense to anybody or is it just me? Because there is a time and a place as a son and a daughter that we just receive from inheritance of what he's already paid for. 
If we're out a season, we're going to find it sometimes difficult to receive. If we're supposed to be receiving in a time of a son or a daughter, but we're actually warring and declaring and doing everything else, then it's going to be very difficult to what God is trying to show us. Very quiet out there. You know, and I'm just saying, guys, it's, it's because we want to get somewhere and we want to sort of motor on in our lives when it comes to, we, we're not happy where we're at. But sometimes there's things to learn about God and learn about ourselves in these times and seasons. And it's like we spoke about yesterday. You look at Elijah at the brook. Well, there's a time and a season that he gets to prophesy and the first thing it affects is him. And I just find that funny. I don't know about you. Well, there's going to be no rain for three and a half years. Who's it going to affect? Elijah and myself. And God's told me to go and sit by this brook. But the first thing that dries up is the brook. But you look at the events that are happening there. There are things that he is going to learn about God and himself when that brook is drying up and he is being fed roadkill and he's going to be fed bread and he wants to get to the next season, does he not? I'm sure he sat there for a few years thinking, what is going on? Then the Lord says, right, time done, off you go, go and see this woman. And he's probably, like Sue was explaining to yesterday, I'm sure he's thinking, great. I get a three-course meal, I get steak and apple pie and ice cream, and I'm, I'm all, yeah, let me get there. And he gets there, and it's even worse. It's like, these guys are going to die, and I'm going to die with them. Anybody been there? Or is it just me, where it's like, man, it's just, it seems to get worse and worse and worse before it gets better. But then I look at the basis is, is that God spoke one word to Elijah and to that woman. And then you get to see the oil jars that never go empty and the flower bins that never go empty. Sometimes you have to go out on a limb to see the best fruit and you have to be in a place of extremities to actually see the goodness and the power of God come together in your life. But sometimes we don't want to be there. These things make me laugh because, again, Albert Einstein, talking about the theory of relativity, he understood God. He actually made a quote and said, time is God's way of keeping everything from happening at once. Otherwise, there'd be complete chaos. And God's not a God of chaos. He is a God of order. You look at this, and this is my theory again, guys. If, if you look at Exodus 33:18 to 23, this is where Moses actually said to God, I want to see your glory. Like Psalms 103:7 says, Moses wanted to know his ways. See, Moses was in a place where he wanted to know absolutely everything about God, and he said, God, I want to see your glory. God said to him, I'm going to stick you in the cleft of the rock, I'm going to put my hand over you and then I'm going to pass by and you're going to get to see what I'm going to allow you to see. Now my theory is, is that as God walked past, Moses only saw the past situations of the glory of God, his goodness, his character, his heart, his nature, all of the great things God had done and he gets to see a part of his presence but he will never get to see his future. Because that was Jesus. 
It wasn't time yet for that to be revealed. So he never got to see the future glory of God. But God showed him a picture in time. And then Moses, here we go guys, Moses then wrote in Genesis 1.1. After getting that revelation of who God was, he said God created the heavens. Space. Then he created beginning he created the heavens which was space he created the earth which is matter and then the final piece of the jigsaw what is it time so 3,000 years later here's Albert Einstein gets an absolute smacking revelation of the space-time continuum he understood the basis that God created something right from the very beginning and it's never ended time space and matter you're all thinking, where is this guy going? I wrote this on a, on a basis of just studying this. I said, time is like a stage where the spotlight can shine on his redemption and then our transformation. If we allow him, he will redeem our pasts and transform our futures. That's the prophetic. That's, prophetic is always present future. That's very important, guys. Time is our ticket to personally see God change everything in us and through us. As long as we have time, we have hope, and time is a gift from God. See, we have to perceive it differently. Time is not running away from us. Time is being added to us. And everything in Scripture shows us that that is the case. Time was made for relationship and redemption. However, like I said, it seemed to fall away when Adam fell. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as one man's sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. Once redemption has had its work, time will cease. There's no reason for time. Because when Jesus comes again, Time will stop. There is no reason for time because redemption has had its course. We're a part of the redemption plan, are we not? We are the body of Christ. We are all that God has put into us is for a plan of redemption. We, like Sue said, we are plan A when it comes to this. We have a job that we have been given to bring redemption to others through Jesus. How are people going to see redemption if they don't know? I'm just trying to encourage you guys. We have been given so many beautiful gifts by the gift giver. But a lot of us hold on to them. We were never given gifts to hold on to. We were always given gifts to give away. And like Sue said, that how Pastor Steve teaches you guys and, and pours into you guys, I don't think you understand how powerful the Spirit of God is in this church. I can tell you it has completely radically changed in two years. From the last time that we stepped in this place to the time that we stepped in this morning, there is no comparison of what is going on in the spiritual realms in this church. There is a time and a season for God to have his way in what he wants to do. But it still takes us as a part of his plan. 
I'm just saying, guys, today, are you going to accept the plan that he's given you, but also allow him to transform you through the time that we have on this planet? You can see that, you know, Revelation 21.1 says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Time is the only place you can have transformation from one thing to another. Time is transformation. You can't gain it in any other way. And it's like Steve and I talk about, you cannot gain spiritual maturity in a moment. There is no fast track to spiritual maturity. Why? Because you have to learn and grow into spiritual maturity. I wish there was a fast track. Believe you me, I'd probably be the first one who would like to be on it. But there isn't. And sometimes being, being on that track for transformation sometimes is difficult, is it not? Our time is relative to how we see it, whether we view it through redemption and through the kingdom of heaven or whether what we call the Bible says the evil eye. If you look at that, it says Matthew 6, and 23. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body is full of darkness. If then within you it is darkness, how great is that darkness? But the thing is, though, we can change that with our viewpoint. If we realise what redemption is, and we realise who we've been redeemed by, then there can be no darkness in our bodies or in our minds. Am I messing with people's heads? Are you still wondering where I'm getting to? He causes our goodness to pass before us. You can change your time from robbing you to adding it to you. Biblically wise, and I am going to go across this, unredeemed time is when we're not saved. Unredeemed time is when we're not belonging to the kingdom of God. Everything is being taken away from us when we are unredeemed. It's what we call entropy. And if you look at the word entropy, it's a law of dynamic... Scary. A law of dynamic physics... Of where there is a lack, and, and this is what I'm saying, guys. In the in the moment that we are in a, at this point, in the season that we're in, with all of the changes in in politics and everything else that is going on in this world, not just in the U.S. but globally, I call it entropy. And if you look at it, it says the law of dynamics of where there is a lack of order, which always leads to a gradual decline into complete disorder. Unredeemed time is entropy. There will always travel on a timeline to where it's going to end up in destruction. So you look at Galatians 5.21. This is, this is everything being taken away if you're unredeemed. Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Isaiah 20, 28.1 Woe to the crown of pride to the drunkards of Ephraim whose glorious beauty is a fading flower which at the head of the verdant valleys to those who are overcome with wine. Everything is being taken away from the unredeemed. 1 John 2.17 And the world is passing away 
and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. We're either redeemed or we're not. We're either going into backward situation or we're being advanced. And I'm looking at redeemed time. When we have been redeemed, everything is in a flow coming towards us. When Jesus steps in the house, his blood changes everything. And to me, this is the most important part of what I want to talk about today is when you understand what redemption truly means, 2 Samuel 7.12 says, When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you, you will come from, who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. Everything is being added. It's a seed. It's a season. Matthew 25, 34. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Redeemed. Luke 10, 9. And heal the sick. There I say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Time is being added back to us. Everything that we are, if we truly understand redemption, we do not have to live in the fear of time and seasons. We're just saying, thank you, Lord, that whatever this season looks like, I am going to be added to. Yes, I may not have the house I want. Yes, I may not have the finances I want. Yes, I've got problems in my family. But you have told me that I am redeemed and the blood of Jesus changes everything. So I'm going to be in a season where you're going to add to me. So is, are you going to be looking at times and seasons as a curse or as a blessing? But we really need to understand the season and the time that we're in to gain the most from God. And that is one of the key things. So you look at Psalm 91.16, With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And I'm looking at this. Time, here we go guys, time is a line Seasons are a circle. The reason I say that is, is that with time, there is a start point and an end point. With a season, there is something that's coming around. Spring, summer, autumn, winter. And it's like Sue said, you know, even if you look at that, everything, planets revolve around each other, stars revolve around each other. Everything is cyclical that God has set up. Because there is a perfect time and a perfect season of when things are going to come into play. And I would suggest today, if, if there is anybody in the house who's not redeemed, well, I'm sure Pastor Steve and his team can take care of that with you at the end. Because I really want to see you in the place of eternity. In the kingdom of God where everything is being added unto you and not being taken away from you. So I'm just throwing it out there. If there is anybody in the house that isn't saved then I'm sure today would be a good day. So, spring, summer, autumn, winter, fall. See, if we know the spiritual realms of what the seasons look like, we can understand where we're at. Like fall, there is stuff that needs to be cut off. There is stuff that we need to get rid of. But sometimes we want to keep hold of it in that autumn or fall season. But in our own lives, we've just got to say, Lord, prune what you need to prune. Take away what needs to be taken away. Even if it's painful, even if I don't like it or I don't understand it, then cut it off. 
But sometimes, like I said, we just want to hold on to it because it's like it's not the fear of losing... Well, it's not the fear of actually change. It's like Sue said, it's the fear of loss. Sometimes we just don't like change. But sometimes it's like, God, if I'm feeling in that full season, then prune me. But that takes humility, guys. And then you go into winter, and it's like I said, you know, winter sometimes doesn't look a great season. It's like here, I've never had my nostrils frozen up ever since I came to Lena in February, and I don't really want to go there again, to be honest. I'm I'm far happier in spring and summer. But again, guys, there is this dormancy in winter. And as Sue said, when everything looks bare, there is this dormancy, but stuff is going on under the ground. We have to look at those wilderness moments of the most perfect moments to get with God, to understand the plans that he's providing for us. And the reasons why I'm saying that is because, you know, Sue and I are probably looking at season changes coming, but God told me in 2019... Because we came on this radical journey in 2011 and, you know, again, I I am no great shaker. But at the end of the day, the Lord told me to give up my business and give up everything and walk in 2011. And I did. I handed over a great business and I walked away. The next, literally within the next eight hours, he told me to give up the house. And the house was to be sold and I didn't have a clue of what was going on. So all of these things were happening, but we had to walk through those times and those areas, understanding of God, of what he was trying to do. Was it easy? No. Did I live as an orphan? Because, you know, good old me living in the world is like, I'm, I'm my own person. I make my own money. But actually all of that was God's. The house was God's. Everything that came from was God's. And he reminded me of that, you know, once everything disappeared. And he said, was it yours or was it mine? But here we go, guys. He said, what, what did you do with the money that you had from the house sale? I said, well, I spent it all. Of course, three years in college with no income. Everything's gone. And he goes, yes, yeah, son, but what have you done with it? And I said, God, I've spent it all. Look at my bank account. There's like nudder. And he said, son, what did you do with what I gave you? And then the penny dropped. I said, I invested it. And he said, exactly, son, you invested it back in my kingdom. So whatever you invest in my kingdom, time, finances, or whatever, it will be restored to you a hundredfold in this lifetime and the next. But like we said, you know, we, we had to walk three and a half years with no income. And believe you me, when you've got kids and you've got mortgages back in the UK and everything else like that, and it did not seem like it. It was probably some of the most difficult seasons that we got to walk through. But the one thing that I actually learned from that is how to live as a son and not as an orphan. Because when you're an orphan, you're always looking for something that's not there. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have the finances to do this. We're looking towards inheritance instead of living from it. And there is just a small step where we come out of actually looking at stuff as an orphan and then actually saying, no, I'm going to start living as a son or a daughter. Things may not change automatically. But I can tell you this much, when you actually live from inheritance and not start carry on looking towards it, there is a spiritual change which will change your season and your time that you're in.
everything changes. You may not get to witness it in the physical, but you will sure get to literally see it in the spiritual. I expect some of you are thinking, when is this guy going to give me a prophetic word? I'm wanting a prophetic word today. I hope he chooses me. I hope he speaks into my life. I'm going to actually give you a prophetic word for the whole of this house at the end, but it does come from scripture. Because my viewpoint is sometimes we want a fresh word, but actually God's already spoken 2,000 years ago. All I'm going to do is attach myself to the word of God and the, and the voice of God, and his voice will never contradict his word. So I'm not saying that to discourage anybody. I'm just saying is, guys, you have every tool that he has given you for victory and for success. You don't need me standing from the stage just giving prophetic words over people to make them feel great. Make you feel fluffy. I'm not that type of person. But I do feel that there is a scripture for this house which will, if you attach yourself to it, and say, thank you, Lord, that is mine. I am now going to look at that, and I'm going to speak that over my own life and the life of my family. See, God is always about the generations. It's not about us. This is a scripture that, that again, I'm going back to Nehemiah. Nehemiah 4.13 is such a weird scripture. Sorry, guys, I know, A.V., you're going to go frantically, oh, no, haven't got Nehemiah 4.13. But at the end of the day, it is such a weird scripture. Because it says, therefore I position men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings and I set the people according to their families with their swords and their spears and their bows. What did Nehemiah find out? The devil's always after two things, the generations and family. What do you think he's trying to do right now? Generations and family. I'm trying to... So Nehemiah knew that if I stuck the, stuck the families with their weapons in the lower parts of the wall as their families standing shoulder to shoulder, then the enemy can't attack. What are the swords and the spears and the bows? Hey, hello. Doesn't he say the, the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword? I'm just saying, guys, we have to understand that it's not just about our generation, it's the next generation and the generation. This is why I'm so excited about the children being in this church because I can just see that they are the next generation to stand on our shoulders. Young lady. Yes, you. You get to stand on the ones that have gone before you. You get to stand to be the shining light that he's called you to be. But you have such a beautiful, quiet spirit around you, but don't think that that's not powerful. No. (laughs) You have such a gentle, quiet spirit, but that is powerful in the kingdom of God. And I can't say that enough, is how you walk in grace and how you walk in his mercy and how you walk in his love will be a shining light for so many others around you. Just remember what's inside of you and how to release him. Because there's going to be times he's going to call on you to release the kingdom of God to others and you can't shrink back. He hasn't called you to be a quiet person. He's called you to be a powerful young lady that gets to release the power of God through how you act. Amen.
anyway, I rest my case. Uh, when we enter into a new time, we enter into a new era. If you actually look at Matthew 2.22, it talks about new wine. See, there is a new era that's coming. There is a new situation arising. The church is coming into its time and its season to rise up. Is this a church that actually wants to stand and rise up and actually be what you called you to be, the bride of Christ, with the power and the glory of God that actually you carry? See, I always say revival doesn't start with a mega church. Revival starts with one man. Did God ever bring a great outpouring in a megachurch? If you actually look and study all of the outpourings of God, they came from the little churches in the middle of nowhere that actually there is such a huge outpouring. Why? Because God wants to show himself strong in the ones that have a passion and a heart for God. Oh, man, I have got so much. How am I doing for time, Pastor Steve? Am I all right? I don't want to go too long. So in seasons, and I put this, time has been created by God and our purpose and is ultimately his. Time spent with him tells us what to do and how to posture ourselves. God designed time like this because knowing the when determines the action we we will take. Knowing what to do flows out of the season that we are in. But has anybody, and I'm just encouraging you, has anybody in the last month just says, Lord, I don't know what, there is a knowing that there is a season change coming in my life. See, the knowing already starts before the timeline hits. There's this unction just to say, I know this season is coming to an end and I'm going to enter into a new season. Yes, Lord, I've got things that I need to learn right now and probably I don't enjoy some of those things, but I know the season that I'm just about to step into is going to be glorious. See, there is a knowing. It's how we posture ourselves towards God to know what the timeline is. You can't separate them, but they are different. Like I said, times are linear, seasons are circular. There is this ultimate knowing that something is going to come around. And, there's, and this is why I love to worship. It is so linked today, it's unbelievable. Thank you, Ryan, for listening to the Lord. Because, it, because again, for me, there is all of these areas about what is going to come. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. The bestest is yet to come. There is a forward momentum, and like I'm saying to you guys, is don't rush the season you're in. Enjoy where you're at, find out where you're at, but also know what you're going to learn where you are so you can enter into the next season with a completely different posture. You look at... So here we go. See, some of us like declarations and we do all of this stuff and we, you know, as I said, I, I, I call it getting... We get our Christian toys out. And we sort of declare this and do that and have this and have that. But actually, there is a place and a time that we need to align ourselves with what God is showing us. Then we get to use the scriptures and start declaring because we are aligning ourselves with what God is showing us and telling us. But sometimes we just do stuff because we think it sounds good and if we declare it and say it and speak it, at some point it may happen. 
just me. See, I want to make sure that I'm declaring what God is actually speaking over my life and the life of my family. But sometimes that takes time to align ourselves with him. And I actually say it like this, is that when we can align our confessions, our declarations and our proclamations that go with the season that we're in, then we can say it like this. It's our alignment for our assignment. So the question is, Lord, what's my assignment and how do I align myself with it? Has anybody asked these questions? And that's what I'm saying, guys, is a lot of, oh, sorry, a lot of what we do is ask questions. And I'm going to share this as well, because I'm a slow learner a lot of the times. And it takes a lot for God to get through my scalp occasionally into the grey matter. But a lot of what we ask about God is informational questions, is it not? Where do I go? How do I do it? What do I do? When do I do it? Everything that we do, and we go to God with informational questions, do we not? How many of you get an automatic answer? Or is it like, hmm? Because I can pretty much say 95% of the time, if I'm asking informational questions, then normally I don't get automatic answers. And I was in the shower, and this was like, a long, long time ago now, and I, I, again, I was asking a lot of informational questions, and I got in the shower, because that's one of the times that I have time with the Lord, is when I'm showering, and I, and I asked an informational question. Like, mm. And I went, Lord, aren't you listening to me? I'm trying to ask you something. He went, huh-huh. So I said, Lord, why aren't you answering me? And he said, well, son, maybe you're asking the wrong question. Hello? Yeah. Like, ka-ching, penny drop. So I said, okay, Lord, well, if that's the case, then what question should I be asking? He said, son, that's the right question. (laughs) (laughs) So my encouragement to you guys, if you're going to go with just information, see, he's not so much informational, he's relational. Yes, he's going to answer your questions about the stuff that you want to know, but normally he wants to be relational more than informational. So maybe the question that we should be asking him is, Jesus, what question should I be asking you right now? That's relational. Because I can tell you this much, you may get an automatic answer then, but he may take you on a different journey than what you actually expected to do, but he may get you around to the answer that you were looking for. And the reason I say that is, is because what happened with me is after I had that aha moment, is that when I was walking around uh, outside, probably a few days later, and actually asked him an informational question. And again, it's... Mm. I went, oh, Lord, what question should I be asking you right now? And he went, ha-ha. And he said, see that tree over there, son? Because I went, that tree is really weird. And he said, yeah, so ask me why I made it like it. And I went, what's that got to do with my question? <laughs> But I'm just saying, guys, he just said, you see how I formed it. You see the intricacy of how it was designed, the, the work that I put in the trunk, the, even though it's misshapen and this type of stuff. He said, son, if you look at the intricacy and the beauty and everything of how I've designed and built that, he said, how do you think I've made you? And he took me on a half an hour journey of just downloading all of these areas. Of, and actually, the question that I asked didn't even make matter at the end of the day. 
It was like it was superfluous of what I was actually... So again, I'm encouraging you guys, is please don't just go to the Lord with just informational questions. There are relational questions that he wants to reveal answers to you that you may not even want to hear or even, again, sort of where you are in life. There could be corrections, there could be course redirections. But if we don't spend that time asking the right questions, we're never going to have the answers. Yes, is time and season important to him? Most definitely. But it's more important if what we're doing in that time relationally with him is where we come out of the season we're in and how we enter the next one. And you look at this, and I mean, I just love some of these scriptures. A season for reaping comes from Galatians 6, 9, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. There's a season for increase, and this could be seen from Leviticus 26, 4. Then I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Everything is cyclical. There is a time and a season. There can also be a season for being in the right place in the right time. And guys, this is critical again because there are people probably in here who are asking for a miracle today. And I'm believing for miracles. And I know that there will be miracles in this house because that's what we're expecting and that's what we're knowing because that's our God. But even if you look at this scripture here, John 5, 4 for an angel went down at a certain season to, into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water set in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. All of this time comes from spending the Lord to hear about where to be and how to posture yourselves and the timeline of where you're going to gain a miracle. Because it's how we posture ourselves in the time and in the season of how we're going to receive. And if your belief system right here, right now is that I'm going to receive a miracle today, well, today is your day. See, a season is like a clock. It's meant to be read and understood. It's how things turn and move around. We just need to hear from him and find out what season we're in and when the next one starts. Seasons go like clockwork and are meant to be anticipated. Times have to do with a frame and are defined by our actions and events. And I've written here, our character and our heart towards God are crucial with times that they are often unpredictable. So we need to hear him and what he's saying to adapt to change quickly if necessary. Seasons are scheduled situations. So our discipline to spend time with the Lord is extremely important for our victory from season to season. I'm going to say that again. Seasons are scheduled situations, so our discipline to spend time with the Lord is extremely important. We can't... So here we go, guys. What am I trying to say? We can't do things in summer that we can do in winter. And there's not things that we can do in winter. I mean, how, have you, how many of you want to be in a bathing costume in the winter here? I wouldn't. Man. And so I'm saying again is that there are seasons that we're able to walk into and do things that we won't be able to do in other seasons. 
There's things that we're going to receive in a certain season that we're not going to receive in another season. So the question goes back again, Lord, what season am I in? And a lot of us, I would say, probably know if we're in a winter season, an autumn season, a spring or summer. Do we not? You guys doing okay? Am I giving you a lot to think about? (laughs) I am coming to the end, as as Greg normally says, I'm coming in to land the plane. So, um, Jesus was speaking and always speaks in a redemptive nature. Never anywhere can we see where he dealt with sickness or anything else other than a redemptive situation. He did not scorn the woman at the well. He didn't beat anybody up. He didn't diss anybody that did not realise what was going on, apart from the Pharisees, of course. But what I'm saying is, even that was to redeem them, is to start thinking differently about the kingdom of God instead of about religion. Everything that Jesus does is from a redemptive nature. Now, I'm going to finish with this bit before we want to go into a bit of prayer time. Jesus will always deal with your heart problem and mindset. Deal with the heart issue in a redemptive way in nature and you can create a present and a future timeline for that person to be healed and for the things to bring them into the kingdom realms of the Father. Martin Luther King Jr. says there is never a wrong time to make the right decision. The time is always right to do what is right. Mark Twain says, when it comes to time, the two most important days in our lives are the day that we were born and the day that you find out why. Now getting emotional because... If you're forgiven much, you love much. And I, I remember who I was. How I practically destroyed my marriage, and destroyed my wife and destroyed the relationship with my children. I can go back there. But this is not an emotional side for being disheartened about it. It's an emotional side. Man, God is so good about redeeming everything that went on in my past and brought it into a present and a future which is just beautiful I love my wife more than I've ever loved her I love my kids and I have a great relationship with them but sometimes God has to go into your past to redeem it to actually bring it forward into the future so you get to walk as a son and a daughter There are so many people out there that are wrecked, broken and busted. And they just want to know that there is some redeeming situation that can change their life around. Are we in a place to be able to help them? That's why it's so important again, guys, is that God's mandate has never changed. And I'm just going to, I'm going to pray a couple of simple prayers and then I want Sue to come up. Actually, you can come up now if you want.
So this is a prayer for God to invade our times and seasons with heaven's reality. Father God, you are welcome in all of our times. I pray in the name of Jesus that your kingdom will reign into all of my days and years, past, present and future. Where situations of things have been hindered or even stopped, I pray for accelerated time frames. Let what should have taken years happen in just a moment that I can get into a better place with you and my circumstances. Lord, let my learning and understanding be as though I have a history as you did from the start with man. Let my character, nature, heart and be as one with you that you can accelerate these two. I pray that you would speed up and slow down my experience of time to benefit my experiences with you. Father God, I just thank you again that whatever season we're in and however that looks, that you will bring the redemption that's needed, either in family situations, with finances, with health, that you will go back as well as into the present and that you will heal those areas so that we can walk forward in the future in victory knowing that we will never falter and that we will never change because you never change. So we thank you, Jesus, that you've redeemed us, your blood covers us and we are whole from the inside out. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Yeah, so the final word that I'm going to take from Scripture is Leviticus 26, 3 to 13. And this comes from the message. And the reason that I'm speaking this now is because the season that you'll kind of come into as a church and as a body of Christ, there will be no end. And so you'll listen to this. It says, As you live by my decrees and obediently keep my commandments, I will send the rains in their seasons and the ground will yield its crops and the trees of the field with their fruit. You will be forever fruitful and you will prosper in all things and you will thresh until the grape harvest and the grape harvest will continue until planting time. You will have more than enough to eat and you will live safe and secure in your land. You will not need for anything and I will provide for you all needs with abundance. I will make you live and the country in a place of peace. You will be able to go to sleep at night without fear. I'll get rid of your enemies. I'll eliminate all war against you spiritually, physically and mentally. You'll chase out your enemies and defeat them. Five will chase a hundred and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand. And do away with them. I will give you my full attention. I will make sure you prosper. Make sure you grow in numbers and keep my covenant with you. You shall be eating from last year's harvest when you have to clean out the barns to make room for the new. I will set up my residence in your hearts and homes and all around you. I will always be around you with my everlasting presence. I am your God. And you are my precious ones. 
I am the Lord your God, your personal God, who rescued you so that you would no longer be slaves to darkness. I have ripped off the harvest, sorry, the harness of your slavery so that you can move freely in my kingdom of light so that you shall shine my glory on earth. And I just declare that over this house. In Jesus' name, not just over this house, but over you individually. Start taking that scripture and really start delving into what it means for you. See, there's two important situations, guys, as individuals, when a prophetic word has been declared over you, you have to ask two crucial questions of God. What does it mean for me in my life? And what do you need me to do with it? That's just been declared over you as a house. I'm suggesting that as a house or as in individuals, you go back over that scripture and ask the two questions. What does this mean for me in my life? And is there anything that I need to do with it? That was Leviticus 26, 3 to 13 in the message. Oh, sorry, Leviticus, yeah, Leviticus 26, 3 to 13. You can read whatever version you want, but to me, I like it in the message because it really brings home what God is going to do in due season. When you look at that, like I said, that your barns are going to be full, even from the basis of the last harvest. There is never going to be an ending to what this season is going to look like because you're going to enter into a new one, but it's going to look even better than the last one. And so it will go on. But do you truly believe it? Thank you so much for sharing this time with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of his life-changing word. If you would like to learn more about Steve Castle Ministries and Beloved Church, you can go online to stevecastle.com or belovedchurchillinois.com. You can also contact us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are a part of the Beloved Family of God and Beloved Church is the place where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart to receive as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. I pray, I declare that above all things that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health prospering your body and all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way as you allow your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions and your personality to be perfected in prosperity that the Father desires for you to have. We love you and we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon. Goodbye, beloved.